G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When many go to church, they're looking for some kind of takeaway value. Pastor Greg Laurie says maybe we're called to do the opposite, to serve others. Serving with fellow believers is not only important for those we serve, listen, it's important to us. This is how to get the most out of church. Stop thinking like a consumer and start thinking like a communer. When you bless others, you will be blessed yourself. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Children often have a good case of the gimmies. Give me this, give me that. And when we're older, we grow out of the gimmies, or at least we change the word a little. We sample, we shop, we patronise, we order. We still want stuff. On A New Beginning from Acts Chapter 2, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to see how to break the pattern and focus on the needs of others. It's part of being a humble, self-sacrificing member of the body of Christ. So remember, we summed up the church of the first century with the acronym WELL, W-E-L-L. They were a worshiping church. They were an evangelistic church. They were a learning church. They were a loving church. We already pointed this out, but we'll review quickly. Number one, they were a worshiping church. And when we gather together, as we just did, and we worship the Lord, something happens, right? Jesus promises when two or more are gathered together in His name He's there in the midst of them. Scripture tells us that the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. And we should worship if we feel like it or not. Hebrews 13, 15 says we offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. So even if you don't want to worship, you should worship because God is good and God deserves your worship. Now point number two. They were a learning church. This is a very important one. Verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. But the trend in America is not in studying the Bible. However, uh, most Americans own Bibles. 93% of Americans own at least one Bible. In fact, the average American household has four Bibles. I wonder how many Bibles you have in your house. I have a lot because I obviously never throw them away, right? So you beat one up and you go to another one. But they're not reading their Bibles. The Center for Bible Engagement recently did a study. And here's what they came up with. I find this very interesting. Listen to this. If you are not reading your Bible four times or more a week, you will make no significant choices or changes any different from someone who does not read the Bible at all. 
However, if you read your Bible more than four times a week, now I'm gonna ask you a question, don't lie to me. How many of you read your Bible more than four times a week? Raise your hand, you guys are awesome. So now, consider this. This is a study that was done. If you read your Bible more than four times a week, your propensity for pornography goes down 61%. Your propensity for substance abuse goes down 57%. Your propensity for gambling goes down 74%. Even obesity goes down 20%. So if you want to lose weight, read your Bible. <laughs> but you see, you see the impact being in the Word has. Jesus said, if you continue in my Word, then are you my disciples. The church of the first century was a Bible studying church. So I'm going to read the Bible. That is an absolute. I'm gonna do this before I do anything else. If I don't have time to check social media or emails or texts or anything else, this one thing I'm gonna do is read the Bible. So this is something that we must discipline ourselves to do. And in some churches today, uh, it, they're getting away from biblical exposition, getting away from teaching, preaching. Some churches focus primarily on worship. And the message is almost more like a pep talk, almost like cheerleading. And yes, it's short. It's a short message. Oh, we like that church because the sermons are short. Here's my fear. Sermonettes create Christianettes. Okay? I want you guys to know your Bibles. And this is very important because Jesus said we are to worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's possible to worship in truth with no spirit, no passion, no emotion, dead orthodoxy. It's possible to worship in spirit without truth, a lot of emotion without understanding what the Scripture says. Here at Harvest we offer theology without apology. We want you to know the Word of God. So this brings us to point three. This was a loving church. They were a learning church. They were a worshiping church. They were a loving church. Verse 42, they continued steadfastly in fellowship. Spirit-filled believers like to meet with other believers. As we learn more from the Word of God, we want to spend time with others who also love the Word of God. And by the way, the Lord loves it when we gather together and talk about Him. See, church is not just a place to come and hear a message about God. It's a place to talk to each other about God. That's what fellowship is. Malachi 3.16 says, those that feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. And that phrase, listened and heard, means to prick the ear, to bend down, so as not to miss a single word. You know, have you ever been in a room and maybe someone mentions your name and somehow you just pick it up, right? So that's how God is. When we get together and we talk about the Lord, the Lord sort of bends down and He eavesdrops on our conversation. He loves to hear us talk about Him. Listen, when you're walking with God, you'll want to be with God's people. Let me turn that around. When you're not walking with God as you ought to, you probably won't want to be with God's people as much. The stronger your vertical fellowship is, the stronger your horizontal fellowship will be. So these folks in the early church understood that. And they also understood the importance of serving the Lord. 
And this is what I really want to drill down on as we close this message, is how wonderful it is to serve God. Okay, so you can serve. Listen, God has given to you a spiritual gift or spiritual gifts. And the thing with gifts that are given to you by God is they need to be used. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, we have all been given a spiritual gift for the benefit of everybody. Then over in Romans 12, 5, it says, we being many are one body in Christ, everyone members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, so let us use them. These gifts, and I'm not talking about talents now, I'm talking about spiritual gifts that come to you as a Christian, are not given on the basis of merit, because you deserve them. None of us deserve any of these gifts. They are, well, a gift. God just graciously bestows them upon us. So we say, well, how do I discover my spiritual gift? Here's my answer. Just go out and serve the Lord. Volunteer literally for everything. I did a little post on this on, I think, Instagram, and one person said, I found out what my spiritual gift was not, being in children's ministry, because they volunteered at VBS or something. So, but that's good. That's process of elimination. That's okay. Not everybody is called to work with children. Not everyone is called uh, to work in another area. So I think the best thing to do is just volunteer wherever you can, wherever there's a need, and you'll know in time if that is a gift that God has called you to use. And so that's something you need to pray about. Serving with fellow believers is not only important for those we serve. Listen, it's important to us. It's important to us. This is how to get the most out of church. Stop thinking like a consumer and start thinking like a communer. See, a consumer comes and says, it's all about me. Get my food to my table on time. Do what I want you to do. A communer comes to say, it's all about us. And more importantly, it's all about him. Let's fellowship together. How can I be a blessing to someone else today? Not just how can I be blessed today, but here's the key. When you bless others, you will be blessed yourself. But if you don't bless others, if you become self-absorbed, and it's all about you and only about you, you will find yourself a very unhappy Christian. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. He's the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California and the featured speaker of the Harvest Events Worldwide. Today he's showing us the right way to conduct ourselves as productive members of the body of Christ. He's presenting a message called Count Me In. This brings me to my fourth point. They were an evangelistic church. Verse 47, the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. This is the natural outgrowth of being students of Scripture, worshiping the Lord, fellowshipping with other believers. But look at this. The vast majority of us are not bringing folks to church. But listen, how can the Lord be adding to the church daily those who are being saved if we're not bringing people to church, right? So there are many reasons we should share our faith. Number one, this should be the only reason, God has commanded us to, right? The Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So you're commanded by God to do it. Number two, it changes the lives and destinies of those who believe. It's one of the few things we can do in this life that has eternal ramifications. And I'm sure when we get to heaven, 
we will wish we had done more when we were on this earth. Have you ever seen that film Schindler's List from years ago? It's a true story of Oskar Schindler, a German businessman who had some Jewish people working for him. And he saw how the Nazis were persecuting the Jews. And so he hired more and more Jewish folks to work in his factory. But his objective was to save them from the Nazis. In fact, he spent the rest of his life doing that. He basically put all of his money into it for the most part. And he ended up saving over a thousand Jewish people. And the descendants of them who call themselves Schindler's Jews are many today because of their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. Well, there's a scene in the film uh, where Schindler, played by Liam Neeson, is uh, speaking with his accountant, Itzhak Stern. And he says, I could have got more out. I could have got more. Stern says, Oscar, there are 1,100 people who are alive because of you. Schindler says, I could have gotten one more person and I didn't. You know, I think that's interesting. I wonder if we would ever look back in our life and say, I should have shared my faith more. I should have told more people. I could have gotten one more person. Here's another thing. God changes us when we seek to reach others because there's a joy and happiness in telling others about Jesus. Psalm 126 says, those who sow in tears reap with joyful singing. So he that goes back and forth uh, weeping, carrying his bag of seed for planting, will come back with a shout of joy. Listen, God does not hold you accountable for how many people come to Christ through your testimony or sharing. Conversion is the work of the Holy Spirit. I've never converted a single person and I never will. And if I had, there'd be one sorry convert. But my job is to sow the seed. My job is to live the life. My job is to look for opportunities to engage people in evangelistic conversations. And the results are up to God. And then the result is you go into all the world and make disciples. Make disciples. You take that newly minted believer under your wing and you help them to grow in their faith and you get them acclimated in the church. You say, well, I don't have time to do that. I'm busy. Well, discipleship is not adding someone to your calendar. It's including someone in your calendar. Let me say that. And this is a quote from a friend of mine named Grant. Discipleship is not adding someone to your calendar. It's including someone in your calendar. Here's what a younger believer needs. They need to see what it looks like to be a Christian. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So they need to watch you. They need to see how a Christian treats their spouse. They need to see how a Christian lives if they're single. They need to see what kind of movies a Christian goes to. Uh, they need to see how a Christian drives. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> but get it? They need to see it modeled for them and someone that knows more than they know. And I suggest to you, you may know quite a bit more than you think you know. You have a lot to offer. More than you realize. And as you give that out to others, it's going to be a great blessing to you. Coming back to the importance of Bible reading, back to that survey, I found this really interesting. Listen to this. If you read your Bible at least four days a week, you will have a, listen, 228% greater chance of sharing your faith. See the connection? So a person that will discipline themselves to read the Bible four times or more a week has a statistical chance, 228% greater to share their faith. 
you also have a 231% chance of discipling others. If you read your Bible more than four times a week, listen to this, you have a 407% chance of memorizing Scripture. Four scriptural touches a week can change your life. See how it's all interconnected. Now here's the bottom line. If you only study scripture and worship without evangelism, you will stagnate. If you only evangelize and give out without study and worship, you will burn out. So we need this activity in our life to grow spiritually. Because the more you give, the more Jesus will give back to you. Luke 6.38, Jesus says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, and make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So the more you give, the more you receive back from the Lord. So this is what we need to commit ourselves to do, is try to lead people to Christ and try to disciple people that have come to Christ. I'm telling you, it'll change your whole church experience. Absolutely, it will change it for the better. Because instead of just being someone who's watching almost like a spectator, you become a participator and you start developing your gifts. Pastor Greg Laurie pointing out the importance of digging into God's Word regularly and the importance of sharing the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And tomorrow he'll launch a compelling study series in the book of Esther. We'll learn that maybe we are where we are for such a time as this. That starts tomorrow on A New Beginning, but before we go today, here he is once again with a final thought. copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Count Me In. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 